What's up, peeps? My name's Jeff, and you're listening to Jeff Relax Man, the podcast where you Brits get to learn about the commotions of Zimbabwe. Yes, that is in Africa. No, it's not South Africa. And for the Zimbos listening, you guys get a taste of England life, where, believe it or not, everything actually works here. Join me as I navigate life as a homo, sapien, because I'm not gay. You're all gay. Lol. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> we are back at it again. We are on to the third episode of the podcast. As you can tell, I'm pretty excited. I'm happy. We've made all the way to number three. But I'm your host, Jeff, and you are listening to Jeffrey Laxman, your new favorite podcast, might I add. Yes, right. Go rate me five stars. The reason I'm so happy that we're on to episode three is that apparently, according to Stephen Bartlett and Chris Williamson, they did a podcast together, massive podcasters, and apparently I am now in the top 10% of podcasts. According to them, 90% of podcasts do not make it past episode three. So, I mean, we're recording it. So maybe when I hit episode four, we should really be celebrating because I would have done three. But either way. And do you remember last episode when I said we're going to celebrate when I hit 20? The reason I said that is because, again, listening to these two on their podcast, they said... If you make it past 20 episodes, you're in the top, like, I don't know, 3% or 1% of podcasts. So we're going to take that as a little milestone, and that's going to be the first celebration of the Jeffrey Laxman podcast. Hopefully merch, maybe. Well, actually, I want to try and come up with merch a little bit sooner than that. I already have some ideas in mind. I don't know if it'll be... It might be released to the public around the 20th episode, but... Hopefully you'll be seeing what the merch will potentially look like. I'll be wrapping it. And yeah, hopefully you'll like it because I've got some ideas. But shall we dive into the first episode? Yes, we shall. If you remember in the first episode, I kind of referenced myself as Gaia. If you don't know, that is my nickname. It's not my nickname in England, but in Zim. In Zim, it was basically my actual name. I don't think in the 15 years of living there, I was ever called Jeff or Jeffrey, unless I was in trouble with my mom. But that's it. Every single, even teachers at school, my name was Gaia. The whole way through primary school, that's all they would call me. Even the headmaster would say that. I basically got that nickname when I was pretty young, when I was a kid, like one, two. My dad used to come home from work and he would ask the maids, yo, where's my guy? And they actually started calling me Gaia, and it somehow just stuck. But yeah, like my brother, he was cheeky as a baby, so he was called Cheeky Chops, which Chops was his name, like the whole way through Zim. So I don't know, it's in my family, everyone had their own little nicknames. On to the first segment of the podcast, Stories About Zimbabwe. This first one here, someone's put in, Going to the shops barefoot. True. I don't think we even knew what shoes were in them as kids. We did every single thing barefoot, going to the shops, going to friends' houses, traveling to on holiday, not out of the country, but in the country, like if we would go to Lake Kariba. It was just, we just didn't wear shoes. It wasn't a thing. Yeah, it was pretty dirty, especially being in like Zimbabwe, which is not the cleanest of countries. This is how it was. 
one time my mom gave me and my brother a pedicure for the first time in our lives like and only time shall i say ever because our feet were literally stained black like underneath we would scrub in the bath for like 15 minutes and in all the cracks our feet were just black from being outside so much just being in the dirt you could not clean them so she one day she decided all right come sit down we're gonna treat you to and I'd almost forgotten what the bottom of my feet looked like. They were so dirty. And she somehow managed to get them back to normal. But yeah, she was just so sick of us getting into bed with dirty feet every night. Because I used to make the sheets dirty as well. And she was she was done. But it was I don't know, there was kind of a benefit to that because not the cleaning, just having them just like being barefoot. Like my feet were so hard and rough like you could actually walk over paper thorns if you from them you know them so they're not like long thin thorns they're loads of it's almost like you know thistle i think the thistle weed in england they're like little spiky weed in the grass it's kind of like that but a little bit more painful and we could literally just walk straight over them with ease like that's how rough our feet were so since coming to england you know, wearing shoes everywhere for the last eight, nine years now, blimey. I can barely walk outside barefoot. I can do it, but blimey, it hurts. This is not the one. But compared to my partner, Cal, we'll walk in Grandchester with no shoes. Like, how are you walking barefoot right now? My feet are killing me. They're so, like, it's so sore to walk barefooted. If you can, walk barefoot. It'll help. Trust me. It's just better for you. Feel the ground beneath your feet nice the next one is someone's boy yeah talk about having maids i don't know anyone who actually does their own cooking laundry gardening bed making dishes etc yes in them we had nannies maids we called them and garden boys it was just so cheap to have staff in them from what i remember we paid our staff i had two maids and two garden boys I think we paid them like $100, like US dollars a month each, which is actually for Zim standards, that's not bad at all. We gave them housing, ablutions, you know, we looked after our staff, but we, you just can't afford to pay people that much, especially when the salaries in Zim aren't that high. You can't afford to pay people, you know, what would you say a nanny on all pair you would pay here for like full time? like 100k a year maybe 50 that was like 50 was like my parents salary combined and they were in i would say pretty good jobs um dad had a couple of his own companies mom was a manager of a company called fresh and frozen which sold frozen foods like chicken frozen meats to all over the country so they weren't in bad jobs but it was just money was hard there so yeah we had maids basically I feel like I'm digging myself a hole, yeah, but it's standard, it's normal. But it's funny because my brother, he was the laziest little shit in the world. He used to go for a bath and he used to call my maid and she used to literally pick him up from the bath and carry him to his bedroom wrapped in a towel and then still stand, he would stand there and he would, she would dress him every day before school in the morning. He would be in, like sitting on the sofa in front of the TV and our maid would come and like start dressing him for school 
and she's trying to like put his socks on and his shoes and he's like I can't see the TV <laughs> we were such little shit as kids there was always a sign of respect to your mates they were like your second mom basically you did what they said yeah you had your little beefs with them but they were literally my mates were literally my second mom Never, my mom wasn't home they were there looking after us cooking food for us definitely had some amazing friendships with our staff I actually kind of miss us we'll miss them really the second segment is classic stories about England we're going to talk about the traffic laws in both Zim and England it's crazy yeah let's say just getting your license you have to go for full ferry test if you fail you've got to redo it if you fail you basically have to pass it or you will not get your license and then even once you've done your ferry you have to do your practical and it's so strict you can only get if you get one major your test is cancelled like you're done you failed you can get like what there's it four or five minors which are like little things like not looking in your mirrors or tiny things and if you don't pass if you get more than four minors you fail whereas in zim i don't really know I guess I left quite early before people started getting their licenses, but all my friends that I know of, every single one of them paid, not every single one, I don't know, a lot of them paid for their licenses. They would go sit in the car with the driving instructor, hand them some money, they would give them their, you know, he would give them their pass certificate and they would get out the car and go home. They would literally get out the car and drive home because they drove there in their car. God, it's so bad. Yeah. Bribery and corruption is the way forward in, in Zim. But even stuff like the road rules in Zim, you do not listen to the robots. Um, robots are the traffic lights. We just call them robots in Zim. Because half of them don't work. And if they do, people assume they don't work, even though they can see they are, and they just drive. I get a four-way crossing like traffic light system everyone's just slowly edging 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 seeing who like whoever has the biggest balls goes first basically until you know one stream of traffic would start going and it won't stop because there's so much traffic it will not stop you've got to literally drive in front of them and stop the traffic to let your lane start going i don't know how there's not act well there is accidents every day there but i don't know how there's not more i've never seen one happen in front of me people know how to drive but they also don't know how to drive they don't know how to follow the rules. So it's actually, I'd say, quite a skill. If you can drive in that, you can literally drive anywhere. It's complete mayhem. Next, we are going to be talking about the questions of the week. What is the biggest holiday nightmare you've ha- you have experienced? Trying to fly home from Barcelona last May, me and my friend headed to the airport at 3am for our horrendously early flight which felt particularly horrendous after the amount of sangria we had consumed the previous night. Ooh, I can really tell this is getting... (laughs) You must be feeling rough. After the hour-long bus ride to the airport, we get to Terminal 2 and head through the revolving doors. Only, the doors stop revolving once we get in, trapping us and six strangers in between the glass. Blimey. Fucking hell. We were stuck in there for 45 minutes! With people just walking past and shrugging. But to be fair, what would you have done if you weren't in the revolving doors 
and you saw people stuck in them, like calling for help, what do you do? It's probably start owl dancing on them or something. We're stuck in there for 45 minutes with people just walking past and shocking. As we yelled for help, one of the others started trying to smash the door himself, causing property damage, but not freeing us. Eventually, a policeman arrives who is strong enough to physically push the doors open, and we rush through to security only to find out we were at the wrong terminal, and the whole door issue needn't have happened if we'd just gone to the right terminal. We finally found a bus to the other terminal and ran to the gate just in time to make the flight, but with all the stresses and how both of us reacted, me and the friend haven't spoken since. Eesh. To be fair, I've almost fallen out with many a friends traveling because, I don't know, it's like a different kind of stress and argument when you, like, beef on holiday or when things like tensions are high. I remember going to a festival, Reading Festival in London back in, like, 2019, and they were almost, I'm surprised we all came out as friends because trying to get the tents and the food and the drinks from the entrance to our campsite was one of the most frustrating and stressful things I've ever been through with friends. We're just shouting at each other, saying, come on, can you just fucking do it? Like, yeah, I get it. I understand why you're not friends anymore. Another person's put you thinking you've packed underwear and realizing you haven't. I can't relate to this, but my partner Cal can. Because a few times we've gone away and he has not packed any boxes. And of course, me being me, I I always pack. So let's say I need to pack seven boxes for the holiday. I will always pack like 10, 12 just to make sure I've got spare. But also knowing that he might forget... So I'll just bring extra. And a few times it's actually happened, but it's all been good. Some of us are organized. He's going to hate me for saying that one. The next story of the week. Next question. What is the most toxic thing you've ever said or done to a friend or partner? We got some good ones, yeah. I told the guy I was seeing that I was active on Grindr because I was checking if he was with like loads of eye emojis. Ah, this happens in the gay community a lot. I feel like you've, even in the straight community, but I've just heard it a few times. Oh, I found my boyfriend on Grindr, but he said, oh, he was just checking if I was there. And meanwhile, both of them were literally cheating on each other. Like, I know this a few times that's happened. They both say, oh, I was checking if you were on Grindr. I was checking if you were on Grindr. Yet they both literally just cheating on each other. Somehow, a lot of the time, they just stuck, they still stayed together. Now there's... And did very, very badly. Went on my friend's phone and unmatched with someone on their Tinder because the match wanted to go out on the weekend I was going to plan something with the friend. Nah, you're a shit friend. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. You're a shit friend. I understand why you did it, but imagine that could have been the person they're literally going to spend their life with. Could have been, you never know. And you've just fucked that up. I hope you're happy. Well, shithead. Next is... Ask my friend if they've really considered who they've chosen to be with. Eesh, I don't know. I'm, I could never be told by a friend of mine, have you really considered, like, why, like, who you've chosen to be with? Are you sure this is what you want? Because obviously right then and there, your friend does not like them, clearly. You start questioning, have I made the right choice? And if your partner finds out that they've said that, that now causes a beef triangle between... You, your best friend, and your partner. And then you've got to decide. Oof, 
who am I going to stick with? And I'm not going to answer that question because that is a sticky one and I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. But no one likes being in a beef triangle. Um, okay, this is my one, actually. You know, I've got to add a few of my own stories to these. Got to be honest, be open. A few of my friends, occasionally we used to go to a friend's house, just like four or five of us, and just get drunk, play games, play music, dance. And one of my friends is gay, and he was, I saw him on Tinder swiping, and I saw this really cute boy. I found his name, and I found him on Instagram, and I ended up messaging him, look, I saw you on my friend's Tinder, I thought you were really cute, how's it going? Later that night, I went into my friend's phone, and oh... I mean, I deleted the boy off his Tinder. Yep, I'm ashamed. Shouldn't have done that. To be fair, me and the guy that I messaged on Instagram, we became friends for quite a while. Organized to go on a date or two, but it just never happened. I think he was too far away. Yeah, that is my story. So another question on there, because you know we're going to be talking about gay stuff, is tell us your coming out story, good or bad, we'd like to know. I'm going to start with my coming out story to my parents. It was a bit of a sticky one, but all turned out all right. Let me just say that. Firstly, telling my mum. My mum's always teased me about, you know, being gay. She was like, oh, where's your girlfriend? Are you gay? Like, what's going on? I swear you're just gay. Like, when was the last time you even kissed a girl? I know. Just being a mum. Obviously, that, because I'm gay, made me very uncomfortable and awkward. And I just flat out denied it my entire life. Every time she asked, I was like, no, mom, I'm not, I'm not. She's like, yeah, you are, yeah, you are. It's like, I'm not. One night, me, my mom, and my auntie were just in the hot tub, having a couple of drinks. Afterwards, when we were going to bed, my mom was going up the stairs, and I stopped. I was like, mom, I want to tell you something. I'm bi. I think I might like guys and girls. And she looks at me and says, I know. And just walks up the stairs to bed. I stopped and I'm like, what do you mean I know? She's like, I know. And gone. Closes the door, walks off, see you later. I was like, okay. So that's how it's going to go. You know, not the worst reaction. We'd like to have spoken about it, but I really need to, I guess. Don't need to make my coming out thing a whole thing. But even though we feel like we're entitled to that, I don't know why. But the next day I go downstairs, I go to breakfast and she says, oh, do you want to talk about what you told me last night? I was like, nope, not really. Can we just forget about it? And she says, well, that's quite a big thing for you to come and tell me, you know. Yeah, I know, but what do you mean? You literally told me you know. She was like, I was joking. I didn't actually know you were gay. I know I always tease you. You just like girls too much. Like, I wasn't being serious every time I teased you. I just wanted you to get a girlfriend. Never actually thought you were gay. And honestly, hearing that, you know, that's actually fine. I'm, like, that's cool. I don't care that she's, you know, wanted me to have a girlfriend. I've told her I'm happy. I'm relieved. But moving on to telling my dad, whole different story. This was probably the most stressful and anxiety-ridden period of my entire life. Like, I was so stressed. I couldn't sleep at night. I was literally breaking out in like rashes all over my neck and chest. The stress was killing me because my dad is not the most accepting people of gay guys. He just doesn't understand it. So I knew this was going to be a lot harder. 
occasionally I spoke to my mom about it and she was like, you need to tell him now because he can't find out that I know and I haven't told him. It's like, you need to tell him. And my mom said to me, if your dad decides to disown you, I'm going to have to divorce him because you're my son. I love you more than anything and I will, I will have to choose you. Bit of a double-edged sword there. It's very nice that she said those things to me, but also the pressure I felt from that telling me I'm going to break up the family if I tell my dad I'm gay. You can imagine how distraught and like scared I was. But either way, I ended up going downstairs to the kitchen. Dad was just chilling on the sofa watching TV and I said, oh dad, I need to tell you something. And he goes, what? And I said, I think I might be, I told my dad I was gay. I was like, I think I might be gay. Because if I'd said bye, he would have been like, ugh. Don't come to you with nonsense. Like, you still like girls, leave me alone. But I told him, like, Dad, I'm, I think I'm gay. And he sat up so fast. And he was like, no, 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 my boy. This, you, you can't do this. this. is not an option. Go back. Think about it. I can't hear this. Go, go away. I don't want to hear about this. And immediately he gets up and goes outside for, like, a little ciggy or something. So I will go out to my room, tell my mom what happened. And she was like, eesh. Mom didn't know what to say. Like, what do you say? But like an hour later, I go downstairs and I look at him. And it was actually really sweet. He apologized. He said, I'm really sorry for the way I just reacted. It was just a bit of a shock. I should never, ever have reacted like that. You're my son. I love you. I just did not expect it. And you know, it's just not what I agree with. So that was nice of him to do and say that. And honestly, don't send my dad any hate because he has literally been the best person about the whole gay thing. From what I thought it was going to be, he's been nothing but supportive. He asks about it all the time, about me and Cal, how's everything going? He's never once made me feel uncomfortable since I came out about the whole gay thing. Yeah. I'm very actually chuffed with my relationship with my dad and how how strong it is. Me and my dad have always had a very good relationship. And I've always had to hide something from him, so it's never been what it should be. And now, me and my dad are best friends. Yeah, me and my mom are actually best friends. We, me and my mom are very similar. It's quite funny, actually. So all in all, ended pretty well. I guess my brother as well. It was after I had told my mom, before I told my dad... And I was down in Plymouth for university. And I messaged him a little bit drunk one night. And I said, I need to tell you something. Don't don't judge me. He says, what? Like just on Snapchat, says, what? I said, no, you can't. You can't judge me. He goes, just tell me, dickhead. I don't think he said dickhead. I think he just said, just tell me, mofo. And I said, do you know how you always call me a gay boy? Because he did. He always teased me and called me a gay boy. He goes you're a gay boy, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I am. He didn't even say, oh, okay, cool, or like, what the fuck? The first thing he asked me is, what did mom say? Mom said it's fine. He goes, okay, cool. And then I was like, yeah. And he didn't respond to me for another two weeks. So he didn't really care either, which is cool, because I thought he was going to give me shit. He still does, but me and him are very good friends. Still very close, which is nice. Um, all my family now know, which is cool. You know, my Instagram, it's very public knowledge these days. 
which I'm very happy with. I'm yeah, I'm good. No more stresses and anxiety about that. Um, but if you want to hear about my first ever coming out story to my friend, that is a juicy one. I will have to actually ask her for permission to tell the story. So hopefully in the future episodes, you'll be hearing that and a couple more about other people's coming out stories. Please send them in, good or bad, funny. Let me know because the grandparents are usually quite funny when you come after them, like the things they say or the, you know. Tell me. I'm curious. I'm sure everyone else is. It'll be quite interesting. But yeah, this has been the third episode of the Jeffrey Laxman podcast. If you haven't already, follow the Instagram, Jeffrey Laxman. You can follow the threads, follow the TikTok, follow the Spotify. Yeah, give us a follow, give us a rating. Please, please, please answer the questions of the week. It'll be so appreciated. I always need to do like a little giveaway. Like if you send something in, message me. Do a giveaway or something. Maybe a giveaway for the first bit of merch I get. That could be quite cool. We'll refine the details and let you know in the next episode. But hope you guys have enjoyed and we'll see you, you'll hear me, next week. Ciao, ciao, bye.